There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Hey, this is Tyler. And I'm KC. And you're listening to The Element Podcast. What's going on, all my woods people? This is The Element Podcast. It's brought to you by First Light. We are chilling inside. It's starting to heat up. Summertime's getting here. You guys are thinking about fishing, but some of the best, actually the best deer hunting video we've probably ever put together is just released now. Wow. On the Media YouTube channel, KC. We had a good time producing this one, didn't we? We sure enough did. You know, one of the great things about production is that uh, we get to hunt. Um, so it's pretty <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, guys, uh <clears throat> It looks like we have a lot of fun on these uh, videos, we don't. and we have a blast, actually. Uh, so, actually, this Listen, one is ups and downs fun, and sir. all this stuff. Yeah, I'm sorry, guys. If it's too much fun for you, then, uh, you know, maybe you can go find a different video. Too much but fun? What's, what's that mean? mean? <laughs> um, so, uh, but <clears throat> we, of course, are sitting around... Uh, with not a lot of stuff to do in film or whatever. And uh, we decided that um, we could put a video together for our YouTube channel that shows some of our better shots that we've made for an educational purpose. Um, We put all kinds of shots on deer. Sometimes uh, it's not ideal. Sometimes it's an absolute rip, and it's everything in between. Uh, But it's good to know where to aim on a target. And I think that, especially if you're a newer archery hunter, you've hunted with... Uh, rifles a lot in your life, or if you just, um, you know, uh, like to see deer getting shot either way, it's good to kind of watch this stuff because where you hit a deer with an arrow is different than where you hit one with a gun. And not a lot of people think about that, but it's, it really is true. Um, so if you have been bow hunting for nearly 20 years and I mean, I'm still learning stuff about where to shoot deer, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Via my videos and my mistakes, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? So I mean, even even if you're not a new archery hunter, there's, I don't know. I just think it's always good to watch and to assess, you know. There's times when, obviously, you want to veg out and have some entertainment. But, I mean, if you're trying to learn something, this hopefully this video can teach you a little something. It's not like, uh, we're not like teaching through each shot, but you're getting to watch shots and learn from them. We I put think. some stats and stuff on there about, about range and some other stuff, too. So, you kind of know about... Um, you know, how the deer's acting and uh, where the arrow flight is headed and all that kind of stuff. So go check out that video if you haven't. Fun summer watch, a good thing to brush up on, more than just like a just bullcorn video, you know. Like mm-hmm. it's always good to try to be getting better at what we're doing. And uh, what we're doing is hunting and killing deer. And we did not do any better at that than what we did in this trip in 2022. Yeah. It's about 
as primo as it gets. Killed them pretty good. We killed some biggins pretty good. <laughs> if I do say so myself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was pre- it's actually quite a lot of fun with a we, lot of difficulty in between there. And this all kind of dates back. Uh, you've hunted this area for a really long time. Mm-hmm. I've hunted it for quite a while myself. And mm-hmm. we learned a lot through the years hunting this spot. Yeah, this is, I mean, just like with hunting and shooting at deer, we've had a lot of struggles through uh, spending time here over the last several years together, especially hunting. Uh, we've kind of you know, po-boyed it a little bit. And uh, there's not a whole lot of po-boying to be done in the state of Kansas because uh, there's not a whole lot of public, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some, there is some. It just depends on really the the place or the region you go as to how much public you have. Well, you know, there's not just a ton overall in the state anyway so that's you know for for us one of the things that we or a few things we've kind of struggled with in the past uh have been lack of public um which creates a little hunting pressure especially when you get to the rut and those kind of things and you know you kind of you kind of need the rut on some of these public places because kansas is a bird state Mm -hmm. and these these different types of public sometimes are really taking into mind the fact that birds can utilize these different public pieces. And so they're not, you know, there's not a whole lot of cover in a lot yeah, of areas. Yeah, it ain't like turkeys, which are birds, but it ain't like turkeys <clears throat> where like good turkey cover is probably pretty good deer cover. Mm-hmm. Good pheasant ground is usually, well, maybe pheasants, but good quail ground is not usually Yeah, I mean, it, it, and pheasants too, I mean, because... Yeah, so they can live in some open stuff, but they like you, marshes too. Yeah, but, but yeah. I mean, if you have a CRP field that's, you know, a foot and a half blue stem next to a wheat field or a mm-hmm. corn field, like, pheasants are going to probably be there, yeah. you know, and, and people, like, there there will be value placed on the state by that property to uh, to bird hunters, mm-hmm. and so it just... it and And... That creates hunting pressure. That creates because everybody is, as a deer hunter, is flocking to places with trees, and it makes it tough to to locate deer, um, and then really, really tough to um, get them killed once mm. you locate them. So some of the things in in that vein that we've tried, we've encountered in the past is, you know, we start out trying to, you know, hunt these different public parcels. Well, we figure out real quick. There ain't a whole lot for us mm-hmm. that's going to be good. So um, you end up driving hours. Oh man, I remember the first few years you and I hunted together. We up there, we were driving like crazy. Mm-hmm. We'd be like, "Well, this one's pretty far, but if we can go check it, we can at least either knock it off the list, or you know, then or we know it's a good place and maybe we need to be there." So we did a lot of driving, and we ended up kind of coming to the conclusion that man, if we could get some permission, like it would be great. So. We we did just that. We worked uh, pretty hard, called some people. We actually have an episode on the Element YouTube channel uh, where you see us basically throw a party because we get a couple of permissions, you know, <laughs> on some different stuff. Yeah. And we end up hunting those pretty quick. Yeah. You hunted from the ground. Like no that night. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we, and we've hunted, you know, some of that stuff we've been able to hunt for a few years. Some of it we got, you know, one year's worth, and then it kind of just fell out of our, our grasp. But, you know, through that, you end up running into a bunch of kind of grumpy people too sometimes. And I think this would be anywhere. But, you know, these people in certain places where deer reside are not used to encountering too many people and don't probably like sometimes. It's weird. You, you get some people that like you know, they, they hadn't talked to somebody in six months, so they're ready to talk to them. Sometimes they're like, I, I came out yeah, here, so I don't right. have to talk to you. I live here, people. so I don't have to see you. <laughs> so uh, you kind of get that thing. You, that you really know. happens when you knock on a door. Yeah, and, and so it, it's tough. You have to be able to kind of just, uh, you know, eat that stuff a little bit or, or else, you know, you're not very – and I don't do it very well. Neither one of us do, I don't feel like. So we have to uh, really, like, muster up – courage and, and gumption to go start calling people and knocking on doors you know i don't like mean people man no i like dealing with nice people or no people well that's the good part don't about, get on youtube that's a good yeah for real that's a good part about when you can find some public ground to hunt you don't have to mess with that yeah but, that's i mean and that's the thing is 
you and I have always been like, well, we could spend a lot of time trying to encounter some mean people and come across a really nice property potentially. Mm-hmm. Or we could be like where when I moved back from Dallas to East Texas, I spent two years trying to get permissions and couldn't get anybody to even let like remotely let me hunt. And it was, you know, instead of spending those two years doing that and getting denied, I could have spent two years on the maps learning and learning how to hunt a specific property and, you know, public in, in Texas and maybe, you know, had a lot more fun probably. So we kind of have this mentality when we go out of state sometimes, it's just like, let's just hop on and, and map scout our way into some deer instead of trying to find the primo place where literally you just walk in and it's awesome because mm-hmm. those are, those are hard to come by, but they're not impossible and you can spend your time either way. So we, we kind of did a little bit of both of this and this is where we were really cutting our teeth on how this all shakes out, you know, traveling to hunt, public land, map scouting, you know, and all this and that it is where we were learning very fast a lot of what we now are able to kind of really put into practice and, and tend to be successful at sometimes, you know. So <laughs> uh, that's, you know, those are some of the things that we really we dealt with early on. We've also um, had sickness for some reason, like year after year. And I don't know if it's because when we get to early November and get a cold front and we've been going, 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 we just, it's that time. It's like that time of year and we're just that deep into the season that we're exhausted and our bodies are just breaking down a little bit. Well, there what. is like an old um, adage too of like weather change making you sick. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if there's something, because we're up there for when it like kind of goes from fall to winter mm-hmm. somewhat, you know, that's like the time the rut happens for a lot of the country. So there might be that aspect of you just out in colder weather. Yeah. And well, ago you said, said something about eating something. I was like, eating dust is what we end up doing a lot. And that makes yeah. you sick too. We were just talking about how in New Mexico, Greg was eating a bunch of dust, you know, from having the windows down, looking at stuff. And uh-huh. may, you know, it got to him pretty good. And, and I know it happens to you quick, but yeah. uh, even all of us, you know, but I mean, I got 20 in 2020. I got COVID for the first time while we yeah. up there. You remember that? Yeah, I, do. I was sweating like crazy every night, but I didn't feel terrible. But like I wasn't going out in the mornings because I just had chills and stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, we just thought, well, I'm just sick or whatever. So it was kind of, I think it was kind of warm and there wasn't hardly anything moving. It's kind of early November. We decided to go back and, uh, you know, go home or whatever and, and recoup and come back to Kansas. Well, on the way home, we grabbed some Whataburger. And I can't taste the fries at all. And I was like, <laughs> I remember you saying that because I think that was early on in some of the COVID stuff where maybe that was a thing, but people didn't talk about it a ton with the taste losing. You were like, man, these are the worst fries well, I've ever had. You don't think that it's going to happen to you, <laughs> yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah. And I was like, this, I don't think they put a lick of salt on these things, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, uh, and it hit me like a ton of bricks, you know? I was like, I got COVID. And so if you've ever watched the Ranch Buck video, which is on our channel, it's a, it's, uh, for some, it's awesome. For some, it's not their cup of tea, but it's an hour and a half long. And in the beginning of that video, I talk about, this is from 2020, I talk about the COVID that I essentially, that kicked this whole thing off. So I had COVID in Kansas, came back, and, you know, the ranch buck is discovered and then starts an, you know, 18-day process of trying to, you know, figure out how to kill this deer. Mm-hmm. It's it's a really cool video if you're into like longer longer videos and stuff and, and want to watch kind of a story video. Um, you can find it on our Element channel. But that is like where you know the sickness of Kansas for me started in a November sickness in 2020, and then I had it in 21, and then we had it in 22, which I didn't really get sick till we had uh, le- about the time we yeah. left Kansas this but year. You got. Dead dog sick in 21. Yeah. I had never gotten sick up there until this past season, which we'll talk about a little bit more. Yeah. So, well, you know, and really I think, you know, 17 was when we killed Nameless, which is another video on our channel you can watch if you haven't. Um, Really back when we were doing some kind of just super, trying to do super high, high production film stuff it's really fun you know it's a really fun challenge um we were dead broke trying to make the highest production stuff yeah and now you know we 
are kind of full circle and trying to make really, really high production stuff, but just in a different way. It's, it's hard to explain to so, those who aren't into it, but it's really cool. It's a really, it's another challenge that we've added to the whole game. Well, we go through that uh, and you're like, oh, I definitely want to hunt this place. So uh, 2018 uh, showed that actually it wasn't like it was in 2017 every year. It was pretty mm-hmm. difficult at times, you know. And we spent some time hunting 2018. We were so broke. We we went up there a couple times. I ended up finally, you know, you had to work, and I went up there in December and, and shot the Frankenstein buck, which is titled oldest buck ever on our channel. And, you know, that was our first uh, what you'd call viral video. Uh, I think I released it. It had like 2,000 views for like 10 months, and then all of a sudden the next November is like 100,000 views in three weeks, that you know. It was It was a cool time, you know. But at the same time, it was the first time we ever dealt with people that were hateful uh, yeah. on YouTube. So it was it was a little bit of a learning, a learning experience there. But. but we've learned a lot since then, too, from the Frankenstein shot. Like, you and I have killed a ton of deer since then which means you shoot more deer. Mm-hmm. And so you know, kind of back to this video we were talking about, you know a lot more from the shots and the outcomes, mm-hmm. right? Where, like, looking at the Frankenstein footage right now, I'm like, oh, that deer's dead, dead. Yeah. I mean, not just not just retrospectively, not mm-hmm. just because I know the outcome, but because we've shot a lot of deer and we know what happens when you hit them in certain places. Mm-hmm. And, like, I remember our phone conversation. We didn't know what was going on yeah. whenever that happened, you know, because... Thanks to Justin Wright. <clears throat> yeah. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, had a camera malfunction. You were self-filming on the ground. Yeah. And so the shot wasn't on film, so we didn't get to look at it. But he was bleeding pretty good, but it was, like, low and back. Mm. And we're like, I don't know what, you know. And then you end up letting him sit overnight, which is the right move, and the coyotes ate him, mm-hmm. right? So it's, like, sad deal, whatever. Um, but now we know, like, we would have a lot more confidence in – going and looking for that deer yeah. or what to do. Well, this is, and this is, you know, part of the deal is we, we've learned every year more and more. And we struggled in 2018. And then in 2019, dude, the amount. That of, was 18? Yeah, that was Frank 18. was 18. Uh-huh. Okay. In 2019, the amount of encounters with nice bucks that you and I had mm. was just I mean, 18 too. You you had a – remember we rattled in that buck in 18 that missed. that hit the – yeah, you yep. hit the uh, – blue stem with well, or I was using what I thought was a heavy arrow at the time 470 grains with the rage mm-hmm. on the front of it and who knows what happened but about the time my arrow got to the deer it was flying sideways through the air which is never good um, it's hard to make it go into the animal when it's it flying is, sideways it is um, <laughs> they don't like that but <laughs> so so that kind of starts that kind of really starts to your journey of broadheads and the next year, we uh, both are shooting two-blade, heavy arrow yeah. setups. Well, and we went to the <clears throat> the thing, right? Like the heavier arrow, decent FOC, not anything ridiculous, nothing in the 20s, right? But like 16 to 18% FOC type stuff with, with cut-on-contact broadheads, which is not something that Tyler can shoot well because of the way his hand is made. So he's already kind of like somewhat handicapped, but you still do pretty well with it. Killed two deer, but they're both close, you know. This is 20? It's 19. You were shooting those in 19? Yeah. We went I, to Iowa. That's, I mean, I, I, I swapped changed the, my setup to go shoot big deer in Iowa. That's you right. Know, and, that's right. That's right. Because I shot them when we went to the Gila. Yep. And uh, and then you got some after that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were shooting that stuff, and lo and behold, no matter what you do, archery's hard. Yeah, that's the that's thing right. that nobody really wants to right. admit to. Mm-hmm. Archery. What they wanted, what they want to think, is that they can control uh, everything in an archery shot, mm-hmm. and um, we kind of know what let's, how control let's, happens. But before we get to like whiny here, <laughs> let's just say that this is a minority of people who who are this crazy about this stuff right mm-hmm. i think a lot of people understand if you spend enough time in the woods you know that there are so many variables that are outside your control it's just like we were watching a dude perfect video earlier yeah. because it's really entertaining and tyler was talking about ty tyler i don't know what is it he go by ty is that what he goes by? i don't know tt something don't like know. that i don't yeah. know uh so <laughs> he was talking about how many variables there are in letting a basketball goal from go from 800 something feet and how like sooner or later you just have to understand that God's going to want you to make that goal or mm-hmm. not, yeah. you know, and yeah. that's how you can, we 
at least look at deer hunting. Yeah. You know, like sooner or later you have to understand that there is risk involved in what you're doing. There is wound loss involved with archery hunting, and you are intentionally handicapping yourself when you use a bow. Yeah. And if you can't live with that, then you probably don't need to. Here's the hunt. thing I don't understand is like it doesn't matter. Uh, maybe maybe not, but I think everybody's trying to kill something. Yeah. Like that's the goal yeah. of hunting. Mm-hmm. So when you make a bad shot, why are we so upset that you, you know. Killed it. Or hurt it or yeah. whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I mean, we we're trying make, to kill it. We don't make, we're not trying to make bad shots. No. We don't want to make them. It's upsetting. But it's at the same time, it's not a thing to make you stop hunting. Dude, it's part of the human condition. Like yeah. you're going to mess up. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's right. So and you can either show it on video or not. That's right. <laughs> yep. <you> so <laughs> whoever you're watching on video, they're either showing it or they're not showing That's it. That's exactly right. So just keep that in mind. Yeah. So So for, but in twenty nineteen twenty nineteen, yep. yes. Um in Kansas, I hit a deer high in the shoulder. Hmm. I was shooting a Matthews Triax which is a fast bow that's squirrely. And that's the nicest thing you can say about it, probably. Um, but uh, with those fixed blade broadheads, pretty tough to shoot. I've, I've learned a lot since then. And uh, I shot at a deer when it was dead quiet at 30 yards while his head was up um, and uh, hit him high in the shoulder and lost that deer to coyotes. Um and learned a lot from that shot. And then what did you do? Uh, well, I mean, we had – 19 was an incredible year as far as, like, encounters go. And I was kind of getting to this that, like, we learned so much through these encounters because I know, uh, like, there was there was a few times, like, we just didn't close the deal, at least in Kansas. I killed in, I killed in Iowa. Mm-hmm. I killed on Texas Public that year, actually. Best buck I've ever killed on Texas Public. Best buck I've ever seen on Texas Public, probably. And um, But uh, you and I had, like, an incredible rut trip there in Kansas where we saw a bunch of deer um, and had some really close calls. I know I had, like, three bucks fighting at one point. That's on video um, on public. I had um, – I, oh, the last day we were there for our rut trip, uh, we're leaving early because you have to get back to teach class that night. And um, I like we were going to leave at 9 or 9.30. Mm-hmm. Well, at that time, I was like, okay. That was when we were going to start picking up, we decided. So uh, I put the camera on me, and I'm like doing my closing interview. Well, it's been a fun time, you know. Uh, we saw a bunch of bucks or whatever, and then all of a sudden I hear something. I'm like, Look over, and there's a like 135 inch deer on public, 40 yards from me, and all my stuff's packed. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Dad, come in. I get my grunt call out. By the time I get a call out, he's like, you know, 35 degrees off of my wind. So by the time I hit him with a call, he's just gonna go ahead and swoop on downwind. Check that out before mm-hmm. he actually comes back into range. And you know, slim it's just, chance. Yeah, there. it's just yeah. it's desperation. But you got right? to. But yeah. you, yeah. And so we learned through that. I actually had a miss that year uh, where I was um, gr- I was grunting and rattling at a buck on that trip that was like 120 yards away or so, and he wasn't reacting at all. There was does in the field with him. Well, and this is a permission that we got right, mm-hmm. and um, just a small place, and they were in this little cornfield. Well, um, he kind of I, I move or something a couple of yards or whatever and he and I he's all of a sudden he's gone. I'm like, what just happened? Did he go back in the brush over there? Well, um I turn around like two minutes later and this deer is coming at me from the road like the completely opposite way that he was. It just freaked me out. And so I shot at him and missed low right in between his legs basically. And um then you on that trip you had uh back-to-back hunts, like afternoon and that morning was, hunts. That was a permission place, and what you were about to talk about is a permission place. Yeah. So, like, one of the keys up there that we found was just trying to find a place to hunt that's not public because, I mean, how many tree stands do you see in a place where there happens to be trees? Yeah. They're everywhere. Yeah. It's bad. So, having a place where you can set in a tree stand on a private piece and well, not have no to, other tree stands. There's no other tree stands. That's pretty nice. <laughs> no other dudes. Yeah. I got kicked out of a tree stand while I was on public, you know? But... You had, like, two really, really great deer within, like, 50 yards of you on those Yeah, which was encounters. too far for me to shoot at that point in time. And that kind of bit me in the butt later still. But that's, part like, of the, that's part of the setup, too. Yeah. You didn't feel super confident in, right? Yeah, well, I didn't. I learned a lot since then, too. Yeah. But 
I uh, we had corn out there because you can bait in Kansas on on private, and um, but I still didn't think that like I was going to be able to shoot a deer over the bait pile. So I set up on just like the field edge, thinking that deer were going to cruise the field edge. Well, no, there's two giant mature bucks walking in the corn and eat. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so, you know, 50 yards on a windy day in Kansas when your tree's swaying, yeah. especially when you don't feel comfortable at that range in general, you just don't do, and I didn't yep. take the shots. And then later in the same year, you and I stalked a buck that was on lockdown with a boat, with a doe, yep. and the shot was 50 yards and didn't take it then. Yeah. And now... Feeling Am I taking a fifty-yard shot? Yeah, I'm likely going to go to Kansas with a setup that I can. I feel confident. Yeah, confident at that range. And this is this is part of this deep dive into the broadheads that that you especially have done, and I've mm-hmm. done too. And we've we've tried to make sure, you know, if we're going to talk about this stuff and be have opinions, then mm-hmm. we hope that we can uh, have had some experience with it. And so we go through 2019 um, with all those encounters, those close calls. Um, I don't kill a buck. You shoot. And have that buck that gets eaten by coyotes Real at the end the of the dogs. year. We had we had other encounters we hadn't even talked about that were close calls with, yeah. with big deer, and and, and it really what this what this is proving to us at this point. Um, and and this, a similar thing happened in twenty. Um, I killed way way late in the year um, in twenty and hunted so many times. But mm-hmm. what this was proving to us is that there's there's a couple things here at play. Getting within bow range in open country when a lot of times you have to ground hunt is very difficult and we found that to be easier when we could you know easier to get in that bow range when we were in a tree and so that was kind of the key of getting getting off yeah. public and 20 you know? we even went to a different area of the state completely mm-hmm. to go find a place where there were trees to hunt out yeah. of pretty much. Yeah. And it, it, it seemed to work. Yeah. But there's also a whole nother thing with that where you're far from anything you actually know. Yeah. There's like not a lot of places to stay. Yep. That's there's right. Grumpy people around. I'm telling you. <laughs> slitting your tires <laughs> you and know, stuff. Yeah. Like literally had a flat from a guy and now this is unprovable, right? But my valve stem was cut on my truck. Well that don't happen from driving on the road yeah and i also got, i have proof of being harassed after coming out from public mm-hmm. where i hung a truck camera on my truck and i have i have proof of it you yeah. know what i mean yeah so it, it, it's that stuff that has definitely you know when you go out you all of a sudden you run into an area where there's some people that have a vendetta against the public land hunter mm-hmm. and think that they you know kind of control a whole area and that that, that gets to be scary sometimes, but you know, we, we did, we found out that, that the ground hunting game in open country is so difficult mm-hmm. because really the, the point of, you know, the, the, the main like last few seconds where everything kind of falls into line or falls apart is when you draw your bow on the ground in open country. And it, it really is difficult because like we've been talking about the whole time, you're going to get caught a lot of times. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you have to make a maybe a quicker shot than you want to. And, and you also have to uh, determine the disposition of that deer before you pull the trigger because you have to figure out where to aim on him, right? Mm-hmm. Am I going to aim low? Am I going to aim on him because he's it fixed on that doe? Is he 20? Is he 30? Because you know, if he's you, 30, you want to aim low, you know? You and I have a different... Uh, I don't know if we have actually a different philosophy, but in the moment, you and I react a little differently on that. I've noticed you tend to aim lower than I do, mm. and I I haven't put the math to it, but we both it both or how am I trying to say this? It works out for both of us most of the time. However, we do it. You yeah. know what I mean? I know that you've kind of missed deer some deer low. I've hit a few deer high. We usually kill them, you know, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, but I don't, I, hardly ever am I aiming like bottom of the fur. I just mm-hmm. can't make myself do it. It's hard to do. You do it quite a bit, quite a bit. You did this year. Well, I know. it's weird, but you know, if you're going to, if I'm going to be transparent, which we do guys, we are very, try to be transparent. Um, if I miss the deer completely low, it, a, it feels better than if I hit him and mm-hmm. can't find him and B, people are just, for some reason, they're less rage 
on you and YouTube if you just miss the deer completely. And that's what that's part yeah. of the deal. Like I don't, <laughs> I don't, you know, this is a cool encounter. I'd like for people to see it. Uh, but golly, if I don't hit a deer where I'm where I need to hit him, mm-hmm. it is hard to to choke down some of the yeah. comments that and come towards you, man. In 2020, I hit a deer, and this was like a at close range thing, which is kind of a newer deal for me. Uh, that deer was like I don't know. 12 yards or something and i was not very high in the tree and he's quartering two pretty hard and i just shot where you just shoot a deer not thinking about the quarter you know just all this experience stuff with a fixed blade broadhead and ended up letting that having to let that deer sit overnight uh because the shot was questionable he was dead um you know shot through the liver tipped over where we found him but still you know the situation was uh I don't know, just up in the air for a while because mm-hmm. public land, way back in there, real tough access, and, you know, shooting a fixed blade like you're supposed you're to. You're by right? yourself. By myself. Yeah. And, that, well, Kansas. And, that's what we've, <laughs> and that's what we've figured out, too, is, like, the thing about these two blades is you don't get a big blood trail a lot of times. No. And, I mean, I I saw it on both the deer in 2019. I mean, I I'm I literally walked past the deer, uh, one of the Texas pub uh, buck that – like I couldn't find blood. Mm-hmm. And so I walk a big loop out of there and I see yeah. a white belly. Yeah. You were going to like go let him sit for a while. <laughs> I mean, he, he literally deer. just died quick, you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, that's kind of definitely what we were seeing. So in, in, it brings us through kind of 20, which we experienced a lot of weather stuff in 20. It's another thing in Kansas where like the weather tends to be, you know, if you, if the weather looks like there might be something inclement coming in, uh, you know, it can, a lot of times be worse than it actually is. And yeah. we saw that a bunch in 20. I had to that sit out a bunch of days. That was the you sat out a bunch? Yep. Yeah. So. Hunted some some zero degree, two degree days, man. And just snow, hot. right? Like it wasn't just the temperature. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. like. I mean, you can't. That's the thing is like if you're trying to park on the side of the road or in a, you know, a kind of rural parking area in public, mm-hmm. I mean, you might get stuck in that Yeah, you're stuff, not happening you know? on your side by side to go yeah. drive to your stand. You're hunting public ground, which means you're parking in a ditch. Yeah. And you can't do that whenever it's sloshy or icy and all that. In the middle of nowhere. So, yeah. yeah. Anyway, those are some some tough things that we battled. And then the inverse of the weather is that it's also the desert. Yeah. And so, all of a sudden, November 4th, it's 85 degrees. And you're not seeing a single deer. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's Kansas. Like, it's just, it's kind of southern. You know what I mean? So, I mean, they're just, it gets big swings, big Mm -hmm. cold, big you know big hops it's border is missouri yeah and missouri is the south yeah you know so like that's what they say we're not talking about you know south dakota is on the same level as iowa right right? so like we're way down from there so yeah we we noticed that and and then we that brings us to 21 21 is a great year for us but i got just violently sick for like six and a half days and um you probably have seen the story, maybe if you've been following us at all, but another YouTube video that I killed the biggest buck I've ever killed on public um, after being sick for over, you know, for a long time. You killed a buck on public that year as well. I did. Um, uh, what you would think would be a great shot yeah. from the ground at eight yards, like Rimrock style. Kind of broadhead. The most critically acclaimed fixed blade broadhead that you can shoot. Two blade, right? Should two should blade be a with bleeders. Great wide, the yep. wide vented version. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not trying to throw any mud here, as y'all yep. can tell. Uh, but you know what I'm talking about. Shot this deer, quartering away, hit it behind the shoulder, exited in the front chest area on the off side, and this deer was still alive like two hours later. Scary. And we had to finish it off. Scary. Yeah. So that walking around, yeah. not just like laying there. You know, yeah. like smoked. Well, I thought, and then he runs out there and looks around. And this is kind of where not good. Yeah, this and this is kind of where you had your. You know, I I killed a few deer that year, and I killed them with. I started out early season on like the third day, killing a nice buck with a big old broadhead mm-hmm. expandable. You know, I killed and, a deer in South Dakota that year with a big yeah, expandable right. too. And so you're and starting like, to kind of oh, like cool. be like, hmm, what? what what should I do here? And, mm-hmm. you know, so we, we kind of go through this stage in Kansas and, uh, you know, that basically kind of leads us in to, uh, 2022 and we're both, you know, you still keep the, the fixed blades in the quiver. Always. 
right. like them. I like the idea of a fixed blade. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple scenarios whenever it's just not quite the thing you want to use. Um, I think on jumpy Texas deer. I also think on these long trips where your bow's bouncing around in the truck or you're tired or whatever it may be, uh, a little bit of forgiveness in your setup is not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like it. it is real hard. People might tell you not, but if you're if you're tuned up, it's hard to replicate the human part to make yeah, it perfect. Guarantee you, dude. You know, especially when you're hanging out of a tree or yeah. something. You hey, know? get out in the yard and try. It. Put your big old just paddle type fixed blade on. Shoot it to your best of your ability, and then the next shot in the yard, just take your wrist and go eh, with it a little bit and see what that <laughs> thing does. Mm-hmm. You know, and now you can imagine what goes on. In the field, <clears throat> when the deer are making you go, eh, because you're out of position and you're trying to kill a deer, right? Yeah, for and sure. And you can always say, well, wait on the perfect shot. Well, that's a good way to uh, eat tofu for the rest of the winter. Yeah. Okay? They, yeah. The Indians did not do that. I'm trying to be an Indian. And man. I get it. I get it, guys. We're filming our stuff, whatever. Say we're making content. Doesn't matter. I'd be doing the same stuff if the camera wasn't running. Yeah, I mean, we're not Yeah, we're not trying to – I mean, we're just trying to do it like we're – we're learning it and wanting it. That's literally why we it, got yeah. camera guys now. That way we can just do what we do. do, what we do. You know, that's so, right. I mean, but I, I am like to to me. I, I mean, I just it's really it comes down to like your ethics are not my ethics. And what are so, our ethics, Tyler? Well, they're a man-made set of uh, implications, I guess. I mean, yeah. Like it, basically, I shoot more than you or less than you probably we don't shoot the exact same Mm -hmm. amount of arrows. You know what I mean? So like I should probably to an extent have a, have a, you know, my options, right? Like nobody is going to get mad when Levi shoots one at 73. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because he's a great shooter. He shot a bunch. Without so, using a range finder. I don't, and I don't know for sure if he's doing that. But no, like, I don't either. Can. I'm just saying. He, well, he is shooting him that far. Yeah. I just don't know if he's using range, but he doesn't have to because he's that good. Yeah. I'm, no, I'm being, not even close to as good as him, but it doesn't mean that I don't shoot a bunch and shoot at distance yeah. and maybe feel confident shooting well, 50. when you know? shot that one at 50 yards, the biggest deer of your life from the ground, were you being unethical? Well, there was not a – there was margin on – the entire heart where the hole was, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. It, uh, I took a two and a half inch broadhead and put it into his heart so good that it didn't it didn't actually cut out of the heart. Yeah. I mean, it's that's center punch. That's, that's and probably I'm not saying I mean a twelve dude, as as most people would call it. Yeah. So and it's it I mean, good. I, I'm not trying to take credit at all. Like I practice a lot, but uh, providentially that bow went or that arrow went straight where it was yeah. supposed to go. You know what I mean? And so. That's why you and I cry so much is because it's literally like we were the Dude Perfect video we were watching earlier. It's like Ty's crying because he knows that's like God's hand in that moment. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And you just feel that that presence and it just like it just it's a good feeling, man. And um, but at the same time, you know, I can mess up a, a 10 or 12 yard shot and I can promise you I can make that shot in the yard all day, every day mm-hmm. in the, in the dot. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's just like you started out in the beginning. It's bow hunting. The margin for errors are big. You have, you have opportunities with so many variables to mess up and you're going to, and maybe some grace should be afforded. And I think that most people listening to this, get it, man. That's what I love about this audience mm-hmm. right here on the podcast is that these dudes get it. They're in here week after week, listening to us complain and probably <laughs> complain and ride along with us. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's but, it. So back to kind of real quick to kind of round this thing out. We go from, from having great things happen in 21, uh, and and scary moments with your deer and everything. To now we're, we're reemphasize the smokage that you put on that deer at fifty yards with an expandable broadhead. Yes, expandable at a five hundred grain arrow, which is yeah, like heavy but not super heavy. Yeah, like it can be done. Yeah, I mean, well, put two holes in him. Mm-hmm. You know, big deer, big body deer. Um, so died inside. We that's right. Died closer to me than when I shot it. <laughs> kind of scary. <laughs> yeah. Ran at you. It was weird, dude. He was like, if that uh, if there hadn't been a lip on the edge of that draw, he probably would have been right in the bottom of that thing with me. But um, so we that brings us, like I said, to twenty two, where we have to make some decisions. Going, we haven't really done much prep work in Kansas, even on the maps. We're just kind of relying on what we've done because we're 
we're busy up into the, into this point. We're mm-hmm. we're at this point. We're making videos for the Meat Eater channel, and we know that that's what these videos are going to. So it's a very busy time. We don't get to prepare like we want. And we get to Kansas, and Casey's like, I guess I'm going to go hunt public, and it's, you know, 80 degrees and windy, so this doesn't look good. Dusty. Dusty, open. If you hunted early November this this year in much of the country, you know. That's right. It was bad. Yeah. It was tough, tough weather. Yep. And across the board, not just the weather, but rut action in general, you know, we did the rut fresh stuff this year. Mm -hmm. Rut action in general seemed to be... A week and a half to two weeks late yep. for almost everyone in the country. Yep. It's a, it's a, it was weird. And, yeah. and and I don't know if this had much to do with it, but it was a major drought across mm-hmm. a lot of of the the Midwest. And so we're dealing with this major drought. They're doing emergency haying in many of the places that we're going to. And we so we get to Kansas and we're like, man, there ain't no grass. Um, there's not hardly any agriculture. Um, and there's and water might be a thing, right? Mm-hmm. So... You know, for you, you kind of water was going to be as you know hunting the public side of things. You're you're thinking water kind of chiefly when you're figuring out which piece of public yeah. you're going to. Right, we're going in and setting up around water. You know, kind of like ambush style. I actually did a really silly hang one night. Uh, not hang. I'm sorry. We were on the ground, but like kind of got between two water tanks with a a couple pieces of brush and kind of like sat there. And felt real cool about it, but we couldn't see much, and then didn't yeah. see any deer the whole night. So, and you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of like, oh, I guess that wasn't the best move. Well, um, but we saw a few deer around, but there was some people around, and it just wasn't great. It just did not feel like I was in the game at yeah. all. Well, and one thing that we've talked about, we talked about this, I think, in South Dakota a little bit. I thought Eric was asleep. He's close. Um, I've been watching him. So <laughs> He's we, having a uh, tough time. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, y'all, don't send him messages on Instagram, okay? <laughs> You'll keep him up all night. <laughs> um, so, anyway, we've talked about this a little bit, but uh, one thing that also happens in a drought is that food, it may be a little more scarce, too. Mm-hmm. So, with that, we... I decided I'm hunting a piece of private that I've hunted for years and years and years. My dad is gracious to let me hunt there. Well, I, I decided to go into this place. We had no trail camera in there, um, no no data. And We were talking on the way up, too. Yeah. We were kind of hyping it. It was like, man, we're, we don't know anything. But last year, there was a lot of big deer in there that didn't get killed. Yeah, and it's so remote. There's no Nobody goes that far into this property, mm-hmm. really. Um, because they can kill big deer before they get there sometimes. So this place doesn't hardly ever get hunted, this area. And about three-quarters of a mile from there, up this draw, is a, a wheat field that has wheat in it. And we're like, okay, we've got something here, right? And this is where those deer would potentially bed to go up to that that wheat. And so um, Eric and I go in, and it's hot and windy. So we set up, we get in a tree first evening and uh you know i'm just thinking a couple things i that in 21 the reason i'm here is because in 21 for like 10 days mm-hmm. i chased two bucks on this property if you've seen the story you know what i'm talking about and i hopscotched back and forth from from one tree stand to another uh actually from one location to another i hunted a few different trees kind of around there de- depending on wind and stuff and never saw this buck of the two, what I thought were 10 points. One was an actual 11 point because I saw him and I figured that out. Um, the Of the two, this this 10 point I never saw. He had some junk and stuff. He's a solid buck, big body. Never saw him, but got pictures of him. So I, I decide that's where I'm going this time around. And we go in there. We set up in the tree. And uh, we're, you know. It's hot. I'm playing solitaire and stuff. We see a little buck come in, and we had, you know, we had a pretty good hunt. And, you know, my whole idea for this trip, basically, until I saw otherwise, was to kind of sit around and hope that this deer, one of these two deer, was still in the same area and moving up and down to this wheat. Um, And so, you know, that was kind of how I spent the early part of my trip. You... Uh, spent the early part of your trip on the hot public, hunting some water, mm. doing some stalking, trying to find deer. And they just weren't moving a ton, so we decided we needed to do something and different. And here's the deal. When you have a limited amount of public space, and we're both operating out of the buck truck, yeah, like we can't be far from each other. Mm-hmm. So 
I'm like, what do I do? Yeah. The wind is wrong for this place and anything else I can hunt. And it's going to be that way the next three days. I have nowhere to hunt. We also had a cold front come in a few days into this thing, if you'll remember. Yeah. And it kind of knocked out some of your game plans because for actually for, for one evening, it was supposed to snow in a spot and you just, we just weren't prepared to go out and film and hunt in the snow for, for that was that a evening. nasty day. Yeah. It was a nasty day. Yeah. And so it was, it was like at this point in the hunt, we're starting to, it's like several days in and we're getting kind of like depressed about our options I'm real here, depressed. Right? And you make a good point that there may be a deeper root to my depression that yeah. we'll talk about in a little bit. Yeah. But yeah. I'm like feeling bad about stuff. I'm belly aching on the ground. Just, oh, I'm not going to get to kill anything on this trip. Like, he just doesn't do this very often, yeah. you know. So, just and kind of bad mood. Decide that we are going to do the thing that we said we weren't going to do. And that's get on the phones <laughs> and start calling people. We're, like, we're not doing this anymore. Yeah. O'Reilly Auto Parts are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. If you're confused about what part you need, like what wipers are going to be the best, what replacement headlights are going to be the best, go into O'Reilly and talk to the people that work there because they're great and they're super friendly and they'll get you squared away where you walk out knowing you got the right thing. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. Do you need your windshield wipers replaced? you need a brake light fixed? you need some quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash meat eater. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash meat eater. There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on FishingBooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. You ever get that feeling you're stuck inside staring at screens and a primal urge kicks in? You crave wide open spaces, fresh air, the chance to connect with the land? Well, maybe it's time to find your own piece of the wild. But searching for property can be a maze. That's where land.com comes in. They got millions of listings across the country, from mountain ranches to hidden fishing holes. Their search tools are like a seasoned guide helping you narrow down what you want. Land.com isn't just about buying and selling. It's about finding a place to hunt, fish, explore, or simply sit by a campfire and listen to the crickets. So head over to land.com today to turn one day into today. Because trust me, there's nothing quite like the feeling of standing on your own piece of earth. Well, I had a I had a previous contact from a few years back. He didn't remember who I was, but end up uh getting in touch with this guy and turns out that he didn't just have the 80 acres i thought he had he had a lot more property mm-hmm. and so uh he decided he's like yeah y'all go out there and look at it see what you think you know and uh we went out he's like there ain't many trees on it and uh oh, we were like well i kind of know what to do i told i told him i was like you know well last year i killed i killed a buck off the ground and there wasn't a tree inside and i was like not you know, and I was trying to not be like big, big wig talker or whatever. I was just like, you know, um, it's something we can do. We can make it work. I was, yeah, I can make it work, you know. And so I told him, I was like, it was fun, man. It was a lot of fun, you know. And um, he was like, okay, we'll go out there and see what you think. Well, we go out there and see what we think. It looks pretty good. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's promising. We also saw a buck when we were out there. It was a good buck. Yeah. And so that that gave us a good feeling, and we're kind of and Michael or Greg, somebody found a like oh, pretty nice, nice shed. shed. Yeah, Greg did, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, we so we hung some cameras, and we went home. We were like, let's go eat. Well, about the time we were mm-hmm. hanging cameras, mm-hmm. things changed a lot for you. I had the rumbly and the tumbly. <laughs> And it was like, I wasn't feeling that bad. You know, it's like, oh, I got to go. Mm-hmm. And then, like, almost didn't make it home. And then by the time it's like supper time, I'm skipping supper and going laying down. And, yep. uh, you know, this is kind of gross stuff. But pretty much all night I was up going to the bathroom. Yeah. Uh, and throwing up and the other stuff. Yeah. And so. Oh, I was I, thinking, he ain't going in the morning. Yeah. I'm, and me too, I'm thinking that. And then. Like, I'm, I just get almost down to the dumps to the point of like, you know what? This is stupid. And somehow got it out of my system in time for like the normal alarm time. Dude, I couldn't believe it. I, <laughs> I heard you like making some coffee and I was on the couch and I was like, this, I opened my eyes like, no way that's KC, dude. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how it was either. Uh, I was... uh praying a lot that night for sure because i mean dude sometimes oh how how can i say this and make it be true um <laughs> prayer is a lot of things sometimes it's pretty selfish and god hears it all and that's the nice thing and i was praying some pretty selfish prayers that night you know like god just please let me feel better so i can do this thing mm-hmm. you know and uh sure enough I felt pretty good the next morning i think i might have even laughed a little bit up you know, whenever yep. getting coffee and stuff, and I'm running late to get out to go hunting, but I actually got out on a frosty cold morning and felt what <laughs> Michael wanting to say something. What what <laughs> when you said you're running late, he's like, Yep. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's the one that got me sick, so he is. Yeah, he threw up all over the back of the buck truck. I forgot about that. Like, yeah, between that and the gravy. If you throw up in my truck, dude, <laughs> you're out. You're out. You walk home. Yeah. You know, a lesser man might lay in bed for two or three days if he gets sick. That's true. You know? Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, um, no way. No, dude. No. Michael is he's Who trying here to thinks like, it was more than 24 hours? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Greg said one week in November. Yes, sir. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely it was that long. We're going to crush it. Okay. Yeah. So, we're going to get some yeah, proof here, y'all. Michael's going to destroy the He's evidence. Gonna, this is a fact checker we've got for the podcast um, here. His name Michael. We'll continue on, and he might have his chance to tell the story Maybe. sometime. Maybe. Uh, but that morning, <laughs> um, get dropped off, and Greg and I um, head down the hill. To this spot, kind of, it's just almost like a I gotta go kind of thing. Like without a great plan, just kind of knew the wind direction and not the same I gotta go as the night before. No, though. different kind okay. of gotta go. Okay. And uh, <laughs> go out and um, just about near observation sit. Michael had recovered by this point in time. Mm-hmm. He's gonna go observe in a different spot, but ends up we can see some of the same country because it's pretty open. And um, I'm kind of like. Feeling the sickness, but just kind of the dehydration, tired stuff, you know? Like, I feel all right. Um, he can't prove it. He's he's mad. <laughs> if he's and going to, he better hurry. We walk a little ways and just kind of, like, find a spot to sit down. We can overlook this valley. Uh, there's some ag near. Um, we see a couple does walking around. It's like, ah, it's just a beautiful morning. You get those this time of year. That, you know, some of those first frosts, it's still, it's pretty uh, clear. You know, sun's out. And uh, all of a sudden, I see a deer walking a fence line like 500 yards away. So far that I put my – I have Vortex 12 by 42s or 12 by 50s, I think they are. Mm-hmm. And I put those up, and I can tell it's a, it's a nice buck, but it's far enough away still that, like, I can't tell a ton about him with 12s. And uh, I can tell that it's a deer I'd like to shoot. Uh, especially in the circumstances. So, as you know, there's just no way too much to get to a deer that far away in the open. You can't stalk them. You can't angle hear a grunt call. The only hope you have is to take a 
couple of antlers <laughs> and hit them as hard as you can together. And uh, sure enough, it was just calm enough that morning that this deer from 500 yards away can hear the rattling antlers. And it's it sounds probably nothing like actual deer fighting. But this is a thing. This is a tactic that I think people get a little bit too caught up on, like the, the realisticness of antlers. Guys, it ain't realistic to hear that in the woods anyways. How many times have you been in the woods and heard deer fighting? Maybe two times for me. It ain't. They don't do it a ton. So, like, when you're rattling, it's like not a thing that just happens all the time. Now, I'm sure they fight some. But my point here is you make a sound not to sound like nature. You make a sound to kill deer. And what kills deer at 500 yards is taking two main beams and whacking them together as hard as you can just to get that one crack, just to make him want to investigate. And... We watch this deer through the binos. He, like, looks around and then does a 180 to walk back down the fence. And that's when I was like, oh, this could this could happen. So we're watching this buck. He finds a fence crossing. It looks like a cattle trail or something. Goes, he jump over the fence. He jumps over the fence and starts heading our way. And I know that where we're sitting, it is impossible for us to get a shot. <clears throat> Do we have an update from young Michael? Yeah, uh, there was one that... 24 hours? 24 hours. No way. On the first day, there was three cameras. On the third day, there's three cameras. Yeah, because I Okay, filmed. but that's not 24 hours. You, you started feeling bad about 8 p.m. on day one. Okay. So does that mean 8, 8 p.m. by day two you're filming again? Doesn't sound like it. Well, we haven't really filmed too much. Let's go. Oh, I don't know about that, sir. Uh, so anyways, um, the, the men with the mics are speaking, uh, right there's, now, <laughs> there's, no. um, I, it's okay. Either way, it's not as, he didn't recover as quickly as him, but maybe you beat the virus up I, real for bad. some reason. Also, <clears throat> I just said a lesser man would have that issue. Michael assumed that he was the lesser man. I never said that. Yeah. So he just like fell into that role. Uh, you know, Bang, dude. Um, but Bang. back to the buck story, the buck responds to the antlers. And I know that where we are sitting, there is not a chance that we could get a shot off from that location. He's just going to make us out. We're up on the side of a hill and he's going to get to 150 yards and just see us and leave. So my sick self decides to run down the hill about 120 yards and get behind this little knoll that I know this deer's going to have to choose one side or the other, and I'm pretty sure I know which side he's going to come to. So I run down the hill, and Greg runs down behind me, and we are, I mean, this is the season of running in the deer woods for some reason. And uh, I know they're not woods guys when they're in the open, but that's what we call them, all right? It's a thing. And we get set up. I'm huffing and puffing and tired, and... All of a sudden, I see antlers poke up over the sage. And from there, you will have to go watch the video to mm. see what happens beyond that because sick KC might have a difficult time it. with holding his bow back. About to be broke, KC. Man, it was uh, it was a wild time. What's five dollars? Do we have a bet? See what happens. Everybody 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 was surprised. Did I say it just then? Oh, man. I, I'm not going to see what happens. They are going to see what <laughs> that's happens. That's true. That's true. Yeah. That's what you said. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so, anyways, guys, um, that is the episode one, two, three, four of Fourth the Buck Truck. episode of the Buck Truck. That's right. And you need to go tune in right now on the Meat Eater YouTube channel if you have not and go watch this thing because... Honestly, it's the best deer hunting that Tyler and I and all these guys have put on YouTube. They killed it with the footage. We killed some deer. Potentially, you might have to go watch to make sure, right? Yep. And it is dadgum awesome. So, remember, go to me to YouTube, check out the buck truck, and remember, this is your element. Live in it. River between has caused a lot of frustration. Brothers, let's forgive and forget. Hey guys, turkey season is in full swing right now, and if you are planning on getting after it, 
Make sure to pick up some Meat Eater Phelps turkey calls to stuff into the old turkey vest or into your fanny pack right now. I carry a few different things. I like to use mouth calls and I like to use pot calls. Mouth calls or diaphragms, I like them because it gives you hand-free calling, meaning when you're working a bird up close, you can have your gun on your knee, finger on the trigger, ready to roll, and still be making turkey sounds. I like pot calls because I just like pot calls. I enjoy calling with a pot call. Whatever direction you go, including a box call, which I don't personally use too much, but they're fun and great, and I started out with them. Yanni, on the other hand, one of my main turkey hunting buddies, he loves box calls. And what's funny is I'll now and then look to him and give him the look that means get out your box call and find us a turkey. So it's not that I don't like him. I just have Yanni use his. Then I don't have to carry it. Go to Phelps Game Calls. Get calls that are made in the USA and get calls that'll get them close. Find yours at phelpsgamecalls.com today.